Hello once again and welcome to the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast, episode number eight. My name is Stacy Knowles and I'm the Entertainment Director and Professional Wedding DJ at SNDJ Entertainment in Pensacola, Florida. And if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're glad that you're here and listening to this podcast. And just to tell you what we're all about, this series of podcasts is designed for anyone planning a wedding, anyone working in the wedding industry, anyone who's ever attended a wedding, and well, anyone interested in weddings in general. And we're here to give advice, suggestions, and to help you out in your wedding planning process. I also want to clarify that even though we are located in Pensacola, Florida, this podcast is for everyone, not just for brides and grooms in the Florida Panhandle or southern part of the U.S. Whether you're planning a wedding in Florida, Montana, or Mongolia, we are sure that you will get something out of this. Also, if you haven't checked out our first seven episodes, I encourage you to go back and do that. We've uh, talked about how I got started as a professional wedding DJ. We talked about uh, a wedding reception outline, even walked you through a typical wedding reception outline. We talked about how to become a professional wedding DJ and a lot of other things. So I know you're going to find those episodes very interesting. We're also posting the audio of this podcast on our YouTube channel. So if you'd like to see video footage from some of our recent weddings while you're listening to the podcast, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and do a search for Stacy Knowles DJ. That's Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y, Knowles, N-O-L-E-S, DJ, and it will come up. All of our podcasts are in the Tips for Brides and Grooms playlist on YouTube. And with that said, let's get into this week's topics. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about wedding ceremony basics. And I know the title of this podcast is the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast, but probably 75% of our brides ask us to provide sound and music for their ceremony as well, so we thought it would be a good idea to discuss ceremonies and give you some tips there. We're also going to talk about the toast at your reception, who should give them, how do you do a toast, and some other tips. We will then talk about the open dancing for your reception, the music, and some great information on that topic. Finally, we will conclude this episode with answering some more of your questions that you've emailed me with over the past week. Well, let's talk about wedding ceremonies. As I mentioned, especially over the last few years, we have more and more brides asking us to provide sound and music for their wedding ceremony in addition to their reception. In fact, all last year, 2021, we provided sound and music for every bride and groom with the exception of one. So it has become very common. Most mobile DJ services now offer wedding ceremonies as part of their services, so I'm sure regardless of where you live, you will be able to find a professional wedding DJ to help you out. At SNDJ Entertainment, we have provided sound and music for wedding ceremonies taking place at the same venue as the reception, and we've also had other brides and grooms who have had their wedding ceremony at one location and their reception at another. Again, we've been able to accommodate them. But keep in mind, if you do have your ceremony and reception at two different venues, then there probably will be some extra charges. At SNDJ Entertainment, we do have packages that include the ceremony and there won't be any extra charges if the wedding and reception are held at the same venue. We're going to talk mainly about music and sound for the ceremony. For other aspects, such as what you should say for your vows or any other traditions, we would encourage you to talk to your wedding officiant who can help you out with that. First, let's talk about your ceremony setup. Now, if your ceremony will be at the same venue in the same room, we would not need a second sound system. We would simply set up our main sound system, provide a microphone for your officiant, and play the music through our main sound system speakers. If you will be having your ceremony at the same venue, but in a different room, or maybe perhaps outside, or if your ceremony will be in an entirely different venue, then it would require us to set up our smaller sound system that we use just for wedding ceremonies in addition to our reception setup. So those are the options that that we have when it comes to setting up for ceremonies. 
So now let's go ahead and walk you through a ceremony just to give you some ideas. Now choosing music for your ceremony should not be something stressful. Just like with the reception, we always tell our brides and grooms to choose music that best represents you and what you would like. And over the last 15 years or so, many brides have gotten away from using traditional wedding music, such as the traditional wedding march. You probably know that more commonly as Here Comes the Bride, and that's okay. When it comes to choosing music for your ceremony, we can play whatever you want, and we have played a variety of music at wedding ceremonies. We've had uh, some brides and grooms choose all kinds of music, and even some that still want to have the traditional songs. All is okay. We uh, give our brides and grooms a wedding ceremony information form where they can choose their music and list the songs that they want. I've even had some brides that have even told me to pick their music out, which I have if that's what they want. And they've just uh, given me an idea of what they want, and I've chosen it. However, I much prefer my brides to choose their own music because I, that, that way I know I'm doing exactly what they want. But if they want me to do it, then I will. At SNDJ Entertainment, our goal is to be completely set up with background music playing at least 30 minutes for the ceremony as guests are starting to arrive. We call this pre-ceremony music. So what would you like to choose for your pre-ceremony music? Well, just like every other aspect of your wedding, that's your choice. Most of the time, brides and grooms prefer soft instrumental or classical music during this time. Other times, we've had brides and grooms choose soft rock music such as Jack Johnson, Colby Calais, Billy Joel, Michael Bolton, and similar artists. If your wedding is in December, you can even choose Christmas music or even instrumental or light Christmas music with lyrics. Either way is fine. Another suggestion is if your wedding is going to be outside in the summertime, like at the beach, you could even request some beachy type style music. So again, it's all based on your preferences. When it comes time to start your wedding ceremony, usually your wedding coordinator or someone else will cue the DJ to start the ceremony music. Usually what I do is once I receive the cue, I fade out the pre-ceremony music. We'll give about two seconds of dead air to let guests know that we're about to begin, and then I start the first ceremony song. The first song could be a song to seat the mothers and grandmothers, or it could be a song to have the wedding party start coming out to. And we've had brides and grooms who have wanted to have a special song for their mothers and grandmothers. Then we've had others who don't want their mothers or grandmothers to be seated as part of the ceremony. They're seated before everybody starts walking out. Again, that's completely your choice, and we'll do whatever you want to do on that. But after the mothers and grandmothers are seated, or if they're already seated, we will start the song for the wedding party to come out to. Canon and D is probably our most requested song for this event, but again, we've had brides and grooms choose just about everything that you can imagine. And once the last member of the wedding party comes down the aisle, now it's time to start the bride's entrance. Once again, we'll fade the wedding party entrance song out. I'll give about two seconds of dead air. Then we start the song for the bride to come down the aisle. Traditionally, everyone stands up at this point, and the bride begins her march down the aisle with her dad, brother, or whoever is giving her away. I've also done weddings where the bride may have a biological dad and a stepdad where both stand on either side and walk her down the aisle. Once again, this can be a song that has meaning for you. If you want the traditional wedding march, that's the Here Comes the Bride, we can definitely do that, or we can choose something else. Once the bride makes it to the altar, I will wait two seconds from the time her feet stop and then fade the song out. The officiant will then begin the ceremony. Now during the ceremony, we've had brides and grooms choose to do the sand ceremony or the unity candle, and we can play a song during this time as well. The sand ceremony and the unity candle ceremony serve the same purpose. It's joining both families. With the sand ceremony, there are three bowls of sand, one representing the bride's family, one representing the groom's family, and one representing their joined lives. The bride and groom usually take sand from the bride's bowl, the groom's bowl, then put it in the larger bowl representing their families joining together. 
Well, the Unity candle works the same way, except you're doing it with candles. You have a candle that represents the bride's family, one that represents the groom's family, and one that represents both families. The bride and groom then take a candle and light it with the bride's family's candle, the groom's family's candle, then light the larger candle to represent their now joined families. Again, these are traditions that you can add into your ceremony, and you may have other religious traditions that you can add in as well. At the end of the ceremony, your officiant will pronounce you Mr. Mrs. whatever your last name will be. Then you'll walk back up the aisle with your wedding party following. Right at that moment, we will start your recessional song. And again, that can be anything from the traditional wedding recessional to anything that you would like, and it can be upbeat too. At this point, we will let the song play out, and that will end the ceremony. So again, wedding ceremonies are generally short in length. Most of the time, I would say that most wedding ceremonies I have been a part of lasted maybe 15 to 20 minutes max, but your ceremony could be shorter or longer depending on your preferences. I hope that helps you out. Well, now we're going to skip ahead to your reception and talk about toasts and speeches. I thought this would be a very good topic because most people who give toasts and speeches haven't spoken in front of a group of people before, and they may not know exactly what to say or what to expect. Well, did you know that public speaking is the number one fear of most people? Well, not me, of course, since I do this for a living, but more people are afraid of public speaking than anything else. Well, you can Google that and check out all the statistics on that. So I'm going to talk about this in two different parts. First, we're going to talk about who should be giving a toast. Then I'm going to be giving some suggestions on the ones who are designated to give a toast or a speech. So who does toast at a wedding reception? Well, the short answer is anyone that you would like to say a few words. Traditionally, the father of the bride may give a toast, the maid or matron of honor, the best man, but it's not uncommon for siblings of the bride and groom to say something or even another relative. There is no limit on who can give a speech or toast, but you need to make sure that you ask them to, to do it beforehand. We don't want someone to be surprised at the reception and not be aware that they were giving a toast or a speech, so make sure you confirm it with them beforehand. And that actually did happen a couple of times, but not very often. As we discussed when we discussed the wedding reception outline, we can do two kinds of toast, and we can do both if you want to. First, we can do the planned toast, and those are the ones that you indicated on the information form that you wanted to do the toast, uh, such as the father of the bride or the best man or somebody like that. But we can also do what we call an open toast, where we open the microphone to everyone in the room, and of course, these are not planned. Those are some options. Also, I want to mention you don't have to serve alcohol to have a toast. I've had many brides ask me if we could do a toast without having alcohol, and the answer to that is yes. If you aren't serving alcohol, you can still do toast with soft drinks, fruit juice, or whatever you would like. Another option is you can just simply do speeches instead of toast, and those are the same thing except you don't toast at the end. Now, if you're someone who has been approached to do a toast and you're nervous, well, let me put your mind at ease and give you some tips. Again, it's perfectly normal to be nervous. As I said a few minutes ago, public speaking is the number one fear of most people, so you aren't alone. But here are some ways to make it easier. First, write down what you plan to say and rehearse it. Don't worry about memorizing it either. It's perfectly okay for you to stand up and read it off your phone or maybe a sheet of paper or something like that. So don't feel like it has to be memorized. But do rehearse it. Also, make it personal. Sure, you can go online and find all kinds of scripts and templates for toast, but I always say be original and come up with your own. Share some stories about the bride and groom. Talk about uh, you, how you feel about their marriage and just be creative. The stories can be funny and amusing, and believe me, I have heard a lot of good ones in 19 years. I could probably write a book on the funny toasts and speeches that I've heard over the years. 
Also, you will have a, a microphone to speak into, whether it's cordless or maybe it has a cord. Either way, it really doesn't matter. But don't be afraid of the microphone. Hold it close to your mouth and speak directly into it. That'll make it a lot easier for everyone to hear you clearly. And too many times people want to hold the mic down at their chest and it's really hard to hear them when they do that. So that's one of the most important tips I can give you. Make sure you hold the microphone up to your mouth and speak clearly into it. Now when giving a toast, uh, really just have fun with it. Don't be nervous, be creative. Hold the mic to your mouth and you will do great. I promise you that. You'll probably look back on it and think, wow, I was nervous over that. I hear that all the time. Well now we're gonna talk about open dancing. We're at the point at the reception where it's time to party and dance the rest of the night. So what type of music do we want? Well, I'm sure you probably know a lot of music that you want played, but then again, maybe you don't have any idea. I've had brides and grooms who were in both situations. When it comes to choosing music for your open dancing, the one thing that you want to keep in mind is that you will have people of all ages and all music tastes at your reception. So whenever I have a bride and groom ask my suggestions, I always say make sure you choose songs that will appeal to everyone and trust your DJ. Now, I can't speak for other DJ services, but here's what we do at SNDJ Entertainment. On our wedding reception information form that we give to our brides and grooms, there's a section where we allow them to choose up to 15 must-play songs for the open dancing, and that really equals to roughly an hour of music. These are the songs that we will make sure we put our first emphasis on and the ones that we make sure we will play. Then we tell our brides and grooms they can make us an unlimited secondary list. Now, these are songs that, we, that they would like to hear, but if we can't play them, well, it's no big deal. We then take both of these lists and mix them with requests from their guests. I've had brides and grooms tell me that they can't come up with 15 must-play songs, much less any secondary songs, and I always tell them not to worry about that. The 15 must-play songs are just to make sure that if you have 15 songs that you really want to hear, that we'll make sure that we play them, but if you can't come up with 15, it's no big deal. Don't lose sleep over it. It's not a requirement. And during the reception, we will have guests making requests, and your DJ is trained to read the crowd to get people dancing and having fun. On the other hand, we've had brides and grooms who would give us a long list of songs, some as much as six to seven hundred, and realistically, we wouldn't have time to play nearly that many songs unless you plan on having a reception lasting several days. So we limit it to 15 must-plays and an unlimited number of secondary songs. I have had brides ask me what I thought about them giving us a strict playlist and having us play only the songs from that list, meaning we don't play any other songs and we don't take requests from their guests. Well, it doesn't happen that often, but I have had brides and grooms ask me about that, and I'm always honest. That is definitely not a good idea for a couple of reasons. First, if you limit your DJ to only playing songs on a playlist, then you're limiting his ability to make the reception fun. In other words, you're restricting him from being able to use his judgment to get people dancing. Here's a good illustration for you. By doing this, it would be like taking your car to the mechanic and telling them your car is not running right, and you want them to fix it but there are some stipulations. The mechanic can't use a wrench, a hammer, any electrical tools, and he can only use his bare hands and a screwdriver. You tell him those are the only tools that he can use, and he can't use anything else, but you want the car to run perfectly. Well, your mechanic would probably look at you and think, I can't fix this car without all my other tools. Well, it's the same concept. We look at our music library as our tools to make your event wonderful. If we have a bride and groom who set, uh, set up a long playlist and tell us that we can only play songs from that list and nothing else, well, it's going to be difficult to make sure everyone has fun because then we're limited. Also, it's okay to make a do not playlist, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. 
The second reason we would not recommend giving a, a strict playlist and telling us only to play songs from that list and not take requests from your guests is because if your guests can't make requests, well, most of the time they're probably just going to end up leaving early. They may not like the music on the playlist, and if we can't play music that they want to hear, well, they will probably end up leaving early, and the reception could potentially end early too, so that's something else to keep in mind. But trust your DJ. After all, you're paying him a lot of money to use his expertise to make your event fun. Now let's talk about songs you don't want played at your reception. Some good examples of songs that you may want to put on the Do Not Playlist would be maybe songs that would trigger bad memories. For example, let's say this is your second marriage, and you probably would not want the song you had it as your first dance at your first wedding played at this reception. You may also tell your DJ you don't want any songs with lewd lyrics or bad language. At SNDJ Entertainment, you won't have to worry about that because all of our music is edited and we don't play any music with any explicit lyrics and we keep it family friendly. But I can only speak for SNDJ Entertainment. Some DJ services do play music that may be questionable or inappropriate. In the past, we've also had brides and grooms request we don't play any line or group dance songs, such as the Cupid Shuffle, Cha-Cha Slide, Electric Slide, and similar dances. Again, I would not recommend putting those songs on the Do Not Playlist because those are songs that will get people up and dancing. You will also have people at your wedding who may only dance to those songs, so we definitely don't recommend putting those songs on the Do Not Playlist. Uh, since those are extremely popular songs and again we get numerous requests for them at just about every event that we've ever done well now let's get to some of your questions for those of you who have sent me questions thank you i actually got a question from a bride in oregon last week so it's nice to know that you're getting something out of this podcast our first question comes from jason he wants to know why we do not recommend hiring a dj based on price alone what could possibly happen if i hire the dj who quotes the lowest price well, that's a very common question and one that we briefly talked about in an earlier episode. I'd like to answer that question by asking you this. Let's say you needed to have a life-saving operation. Would you want to go to the doctor that has the best record, best reputation, and has performed the procedure many times, or would you want to go to the doctor who quoted you the cheapest price? Well, if you're like most people, you'd probably say, oh, no, I would want to go to the best doctor and the one who has an, who's an expert in the procedure. Well, I think most of us would rather go to the best doctor. It's similar with hiring a professional wedding DJ. If you want your wedding reception to be successful, then we don't recommend hiring a DJ that quoted you the cheapest price because like the old saying goes, you will get what you pay for. I can tell you that uh, you will notice a lot of cheaper DJs out there, but we recommend basing your decision on the level of service and choosing the one who will leave the most positive memories and will offer the best service. After all, this is your wedding, a day that you will remember for the rest of your life, so you want to make sure you choose someone who will make sure it is the best day of your life. As for what can happen if you choose the DJ that quotes you the cheapest price, well, there's actually a lot that could happen. Probably 95% of the time, the DJs who have the cheapest prices are either teenagers just starting out, or they are what we call the hobbyist DJs who are just looking for some extra money. In both cases, these DJs usually don't have the expertise and they usually uh, won't put in the time it takes to carefully plan a wedding reception. In my almost 19 years, I can't tell you how many times I've had brides inquire with us in DJ Entertainment. They liked what they saw, but then told me that they had to go with someone cheaper. I wish them luck, and a few months later, I would get an email from them saying, I wish I had hired you as my DJ for my wedding. A lot of times these cheaper DJs may not even show up, and if they do, they aren't going to give you the level of service as a professional. 
At SNDJ Entertainment and other professional services, we want better for you. We want you and your guests, but especially you, walking out of the reception at the end of the night saying, that was the best wedding reception I have ever been to. So just keep in mind this saying, cheap entertainment is not good and good entertainment is not cheap. I'll repeat that. Cheap entertainment is not good and good entertainment is not cheap. I think in the end that you will be so much happier that you spend a few more dollars to have a professional wedding DJ who will make your wedding reception stress-free, relaxing, fun, offers planning, preparation, and a host of other services that you would uh, not get if you chose to go with the cheapest DJ that you could find. And to find out more, I would encourage you to go to YouTube and do a search for bad wedding DJs, and you can see why it's important that you make sure you hire a professional. This is a very good question, and I may have to maybe devote a whole episode on this topic in the future. Kathy wants to know about uplighting in the custom monogram. She wants to know if I, we have lights to, to fit her wedding colors, and how does the custom monogram work? Kathy, uh, first of all, thank you again for your question. All of our uplights are LED, so it's real easy to adjust the lights to fit your wedding colors. Really, it's just a matter of pushing some buttons on the back of the lights, and then we're good to go. A few years ago, you would have to have different colored lights, and we would accomplish this by taking a regular white light and putting a plastic colored gel in front of it, which would make the light uh, the color that we wanted and whatever we needed. But, well, these lights drew a tremendous amount of power, and they would often get really hot, and uh, again, they were just really difficult to work with. But now with LED, it is so much easier, and it allows us to do so much more, and we can make your up lights all one color or different colors, depending on your preferences. As for the monogram, we could uh, make that say whatever you want it to say. For example, we can use your initials, your name, or if you have a certain logo on your invitations, we can take an image of that logo and project it on the wall or wherever you would like it. Basically, you send us the image or tell us what you would like. We contact the company that makes them. They make your monogram for you, then send it back to us. And the monogram itself is about the size of a quarter, and we just simply put that in our machine, and that's what blows it up on the wall or dance floor. At the end of the night, you get to keep that monogram so you can put it in your wedding album and keep it forever. Also, we like to tell our brides that we can put the monogram in any part of the venue that you would like. It doesn't have to be by the DJ table or even in the same room. It's not something that we have to actually control. We basically just set it up, aim it where you want it, and it stays there the rest of the night. Samantha wants to know, what happens if we have a hurricane the weekend of, of her wedding? Well, that's a very good question, and the answer to that is uh, we would handle it the same way we handled the COVID-19 situation. Obviously, you aren't going to know if a hurricane is going to be hitting until the week of your wedding, which leaves you very little time to make alternative plans. But if uh, you, we were placed under a hurricane warning the weekend of your wedding and your wedding had to be postponed, we would simply apply your money toward a new date. You would still get to keep your same rate, your same special, if we were running a special when you booked, and everything else would stay the same except for the date. So you wouldn't have to worry about that. Here on the Gulf Coast, hurricane season runs officially from June 1st through November 30th, with September being the peak of hurricane season and the month we normally see the most activity. So if you're planning to have your wedding during hurricane season, we recommend having a backup plan just in case. Danny has a question about paying for services up front. He says, my fiance and I just started booking vendors for our wedding in October. I've noticed some vendors, like the DJ, are saying we need to have our full balance paid a full month before the wedding. Is this normal? I thought we could take care of all this after the wedding. Danny, yes, this is normal protocol with certain wedding vendors. We have the same policy at SNDJ Entertainment, except we're a little more relaxed. 
Instead of requiring full payment a month before your wedding, we require it a week before. And this is normal for vendors such as your DJ, caterers, and venue. The reason for that is once the wedding day has passed, we don't have any collateral to hold in case a couple wouldn't pay. Once we have concluded the reception, once you've eaten the food the catering staff provided, and once you've utilized the venue, then these vendors could not hold anything back if you refuse to pay after the wedding day. And it's uh, different than, uh, say, your photographer who can simply refuse to give you your pictures until you pay in full. So yes, it's completely normal for certain vendors such as your DJ, cater, venue, and even your wedding officiant to require payment before your wedding day. Excellent question. We also want to remind you to make sure that you always sign a contract which protects both you and your vendors. Michelle writes, Hey Stacy, I think your podcast is great and it's provided me with lots of information for my upcoming wedding. My question has to do with my venue. I've been working with my DJ who has set everything up similar to the way that you set things up. Believe me, I've hired a professional and he is great. But we're having an issue with the venue. The venue manager is telling me we should do my cake cutting and toast before dinner. I find this odd, and, and so does my DJ. My DJ recommends doing these things after dinner, just like you do, and I agree. It doesn't make sense for us to enter the reception, immediately do our cake cutting, our toast, and then dinner. What is your take on this? Well, Michelle, first of all, thank you for those kind words. I appreciate it, and I'm glad that you're getting something out of it. I don't know your venue or your venue manager, but based on what you're telling me, it sounds like they are wanting to get your toast and cake cutting done as soon as possible so that they can send some of their staff home early. And most of the time, they are hourly employees, so you will run into that. And venue managers may not want to keep them on the clock any longer than they absolutely have to. They probably feel if they can hurry up and get your toast and cake cutting done, then move right on into dinner, that they can send several staff members home early, thus saving them money. Well, while looking at it from their point of view, that sounds like a good idea from a financial standpoint. It's not a good idea when it comes to the flow of your reception, however. I've had a similar situation happen to me a number of years ago, so I'm going to advise you to do the same thing that I advised my bride who was in a similar situation. Simply tell the venue manager that you want to do the toast and the cake cutting after dinner, then explain to them that your DJ is the entertainment director and he's already got everything set up. Just like with telling you a time schedule would be great, your venue manager may tell you that this is the best way to do things, but stand firm. Remember, you are the ones paying them, and you are entitled to have things done the way that you want them. It's not very often, but there are times when other vendors and venue managers may try to get you to do things that work in their best interest and not necessarily in the best interest of you or your reception. Your DJ has the right idea, so I would definitely listen to him. Well, thank you once again for all of your questions and keep sending them in. I love reading your questions and answering them. If you have a question or comment, feel free to reach me, and there are several ways that you can do that. You can text or call the SNDJ Entertainment phone number at 850-501-1590, or you can email me directly at weddings at sndjpensacola.com. That's weddings at sndjpensacola.com, and I'll be glad to answer any questions that you may have. We also encourage you to visit our YouTube channel for lots of videos. Just go to YouTube and search Stacy Knowles DJ, that's S-T-A-C-E-Y-N-O-L-E-S-D-J, and it will show up. We have different playlists that you can check out. We would also like to invite you to visit our website at sndjpensacola.com and like our Facebook page. Just search for SNDJ Entertainment on Facebook and you'll find us and we'll show up. 
And this is going to conclude episode eight of the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. I know we went a little over from past podcasts, but there was a lot of information that I wanted to get to in this particular episode. Once again, my name is Stacy Knowles, Entertainment Director and Professional Wedding DJ at SNDJ Entertainment in Pensacola, Florida. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking to you next week in episode nine of the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. Until then, take care and God bless.